Right now, a future president could be running as a local candidate on your ballot. This person is vying to represent you, your family, and your community. Do you know what they are and what they stand for? Vote411.org is your tool for accurate and unbiased, up-to-the-minute election information on the candidates running in local races. Just enter your address to get started. Your vote is your power, the power to decide who represents you in 2022 and beyond. Get online, get the facts, and make your voice heard on election day. today hi i'm good how are you pretty good pretty good you ready for your interview oh yeah ready when you are <laughs> rock on okay so let's start right from the top let everybody know who you are and what office you're running for i am anna odom and i am running for state representative for district 43 a new district and that's makakilo and part of kapolei Right on. Okay, so before we get into you and your campaign, we're doing a little education for everybody listening. Could you mm -hmm. please explain the duties of the office you're running for? The duties of the office that I'm running for? Well, we are a legislative branch. We, you know, get together and discuss things that we need to work on for our community. Um, I guess that would be just the basic, you know, rundown of it all you know making sure that we represent our communities and that we're coming together and doing things that are going to benefit you know we want it to benefit as many people as possible but we also know that you know there's going to be people that are going to feel left out and i want to make sure that what we're doing reaches those people too because every voice matters and that's mm -hmm. pretty much what i'm running on is you know everybody deserves to be heard everybody deserves to be at the table and, and considered and so yeah that's pretty much the basics you know okay well uh let's get a little history on you could you give us a backstory on where you come from 
Oh, that's an interesting story. Uh, well, I came from South Carolina, Beaufort. It's a, a military town mostly known for um, its Marine Corps boot camp at Paris Island. Mm -hmm. I moved here in 2007 after meeting a very wonderful, interesting man. And his uh, father actually lives here in Hawaii. He's lived here for upwards of, you know, 30 plus years. So he had, you know, a basis here already. And so when me and my uh, my now late husband were trying to figure out a new place to start our life back in 2007. Mm -hmm. He was like, well, I have family in Hawaii. <laughs> like, well, there's a good place to go. Let's go. So in 2007, we moved here from Beaufort, South Carolina. Uh, my three kids, his three kids. And uh, yeah, uh, it's been a very interesting ride since I've been here. It wasn't the military that brought me here. My um, late husband's family, um, he married into a local family. So the second that I came to Hawaii, I was immediately welcomed by, you know, the local families of the area and just taken in like I had been here my whole life. And I just immediately fell in love with Hawaii. And I wanted um, not only for myself, but for my kids and my grandkids to, to really enjoy and prosper, but give back to Hawaii. Because long before I ever moved here, um, I'd like to tell people that I feel like Hawaii had called to me. And I didn't understand that at first. But then when I moved here and then I kind of understood what had happened, people were like, I know what you're talking about. If that's what you feel, that's exactly what happened. Because just throughout my life, Hawaii has called to me in different aspects. And so when I finally got here, <laughs> I didn't really know what to expect to do when I got here. You know, I was 4,000 miles away from home. And uh, me and my late husband, we um, bred dogs for a while. He was uh, a union carpenter worker. Um, so we were very involved, you know, in, in the community and and meeting other people in the community. And I, I just, I just love it so much here. And I do everything possible to want to stay, but also understand why I'm here. And it wasn't until he passed away. And I went through that, that depression that we all have to go through when we lose somebody, especially um, freakishly and unexpectedly. Um, when I was coming out of that depression, I found myself online talking a lot of stuff in politics and I didn't even really realize how political I was being online until somebody in the Republican Party reached out to me and was like who are you <laughs> I see what you're saying here and you sound like you're a Republican and I was like um well I've never been approached politically before so you know that conversation turned into I live in a district that um, has absolutely no representation um, from the Republican Party so I became a precinct president quickly after that a district chair quickly after that <laughs> a campaign manager um, for a candidate for district 39 which is what my district used to be before the reapportionment and then once reapportioned once the elections were over and then the reapportionment came down the pipes and we learned that Makakila was going to be its own district and I was pretty much here doing Makakila <laughs> they're like do you want to run as a candidate is that something you would would consider and honestly at the time that i was asked i got my three grandchildren uh, moved in with me so i'm a full-time uh, grandparent and i had no hesitation I, I had none i instantly said yes the very second i was asked because i was like you know what 
now everything's making sense. The relationships I've built, the people I've met, I finally feel like I'm part of Hawaii. And this seems like the proper next step because I want to give back and I want to continue to be a part of the community. And the Republican Party embraced me full on. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's, you know, things that are said about both parties and, you know, the, the idea of who people are based on their political affiliation. And when you look at me, I, I honestly don't look like your typical Republican. So knowing that, you know, people had this idea that, you know, conservatives are, you know, just very strict or, or, or very, you know, they have a certain expectation of people. It, it really isn't that. Like, they just accepted me for who I am, what I look like. Um, didn't matter my past. It was, we see something in you. And we want, we want that to continue. And the more I got involved, just the happier I became. And yeah, just being so much a part of, you know, everything going on now, now it makes sense why I'm here. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty much kind of it in a nutshell in terms of getting here and just fast forwarding through, you know, a lot of stuff to getting to where I'm at now. But it, it's been, it's been a ride for sure, but I'm so happy to be here. Right on. Well, let's uh, let's dig into the main points of your campaign. I'm going to give you an open space to go ahead and talk about your campaign's key talking points and just be able to relate to everybody listening. Awesome. Thank you so much. So my main focus has been ever since I really started paying attention to just things going on in my area. Um, we have big concerns with not only um, road safety, but, you know, crime is getting out of control everywhere. You know, I think the, the pandemic and the closures and the reopening, you know, just letting people out of prison, you know, early because they were afraid they were going to get sick. Like a lot of things that were done and decisions that were made <laughs> on top of already bad decisions. It really has not only my community, but every community asking themselves and asking people in charge, what are we going to do about this? So absolutely one of the forefronts of my campaign is safety but not just you know criminal safety but you know road safety making sure you know we we can walk the streets we can drive our cars and we can live our life and not you know worry about for instance one of the first issues that i had come across with Makakila was we had the road paved and then when the road got repaved they did not um return two crosswalks but the crosswalk signs were still there and it, it made just for a lot of confusion on the hill. And so when I was, you know, trying to figure out what are the steps, what, what do we have to do to make this something that we can talk about and fix, I realized how hard that is. And so I was like, you know, no wonder, you know, we have a, a high pedestrian fatality rate when, you know, we, we can't even look at these problems and, and fix them. So road safety and just crime is, is huge on my list and then of course we have the the housing crisis not only the the homeless community but you know people who are struggling to stay in their homes and again long before covid we were having these problems here the cost of living is outrageous people are having to live on it's always been live on top of each other ever since i've lived here but now it's even worse you really have to live on top of each other and live on top of each other just to survive you know even my son and his uh my grandson live with me um not because he's not a hard-working man who can be independent but because he can't afford it and that's a struggle 
a lot of people have, not just kids graduating high school, but you got 30 and 40 year olds having the same struggle. How am I going to afford my rent? How am I going to make it into the next day? We're all a paycheck away from being homeless. So getting in there and having these important conversations, because it's a huge conversation, it's not something one person can say, hey, I've got an idea and I think it's going to work. There's no blanket there's just no blanket answer for that. You literally have to sit down with people and you have to have these discussions and you have to make sure you're considering as many people as possible. And I feel like that's what's been lost in the state house right now is when you have pretty much an echo chamber of, you know, everybody kind of living and breathing off of the same platform, coming up with the same ideas. Where's the conversation from the other side? I feel like the conservative voices have really no voice. So it's important for me to not only represent um, the conservative community, but say, look, we have these issues of homelessness. We have this issue of the cost of living. We now have like this huge issue of crime. What are we doing about it? And then on top of that, the most important thing is what are we doing with our children and the education? COVID really opened the door to say, oh, that's what's going on in my kid's classroom. Oh, that's what they're learning. Oh, that's what they're making them do. And parents are starting to realize by asking certain questions that they don't have as many options as they thought they did. So I think it's super important that we really, really give education its the attention it deserves, right? And just make sure that we're teaching these kids. They're make, making sure they're getting a proper education, first of all, because... Too many of these kids are graduating. They don't understand half of what's going on in the world, and they don't under—they don't retain half of what they learn because most of it isn't anything that they're going to use in their daily life. So I feel like it's super important that not only do we really focus on education, but focus on alternatives and uh, opportunities for parents to give their kids the best education possible, even if that means their kid isn't going to go to school in, let's say, the district that they live in. I think... Um, Parents should have the choice in, in whether kids are getting educated, whether it be a public school or a private school. Um, so those are like the, the main issues that uh, my community talks about when, I, when I'm talking to people, that th- those are their issues. They want to know that people are working on something so that they can maintain their life after COVID, um, even before COVID, because we all know it was Things were already, if we had a better stable situation happening, COVID would not have hurt us so badly, but it did. It opened our eyes to a lot of things. So where platforms would say, you know, I've got three key things that I really want to discuss. It almost, it almost is offensive to say that because we already know there's so many things that need worked on, but you can't take on the beast. You got to take on the, the smaller battles before you can, you know, win the big war. And I think that's where we need to start is the cost of living, the, the crime and, and what, what's happened to our state in just the last two years and making sure we're educating our kids so that when they do graduate, they, they have the tools that they need to make the proper decisions 
decisions. Some kids don't know what they want to do with their life and they kind of need that encouragement. They need somebody to kind of hone in on, you know, what they could be good at. And some kids just shine so bright that you know where they're at, you know where they're going and you know what they're doing. Yeah. We need all kids to have that. We need to make sure every kid is paid attention to and that they have value. And the only way they're going to know that they have value is if parents like me, grandparents like me can get in there and fight for their children and not worry about things that the government is trying to do right now, which is silence parents' voices. So where I see people trying to silence parents, I want parents to speak up. I want to hear from parents. I want to hear from constituents. I want to have these conversations. Because without these conversations, what can I do at the state house? It's my voice. It's my opinion. It's what I know in the room. I, that's not how this works. I need to bring the people's voice with me so that when we speak on these issues, we're really getting to the heart of what's going to work. Because I think too many people are so disconnected from life and making all of the rules and the, and the, the regulations that somewhere there's that disconnect with the community and there's been a huge disconnect with the community and the political community for a long time and the grassroots efforts that i see coming from the republican party as we just hit it hard with you know talking to everybody we possibly can even people who don't agree with where i stand politically everybody can agree kids need a better education kids need to walk out of you know their ceremony feeling confident in the next steps that they're taking. Parents need to know that they're raising their kids in a safe community that they can afford. And so these are the things that are important to my community and they're important to me because like I tell people all the time and it's, it literally breaks my heart. Sometimes I'll be driving down the road, going anywhere and everywhere. And I'll see a, a, a plane fly off. And just every now and then when I see these planes fly off, I just, I hurt because I think, I wonder how many families are on that plane that are leaving and can't come back. So not only do we want to do everything that we possibly can to make Hawaii thrive and be the best it can be for the people here, we want our people back. We want to see all those people who felt like they had to leave be able to make the choice and say, you know what, that's my home, that's where I came from, that's where I want to be, and it looks like I can finally make that my home again. And when we can do that, and we have people coming back to Hawaii to live instead of flying away, we know we're doing our job right. And so that's what's important. Mm -hmm. Well, we have just a little bit of time here left. One big thing that I'm asking of every candidate is what's some advice that you can give to the voting public uh, at this time? Not, not just for the election, but to help the Hui in general. My biggest thing would be is educate yourself. Like if there's questions, ask, but don't just stick with one source, you know, ask many people, many questions, anybody that you know is connected or know somebody who's connected. It doesn't matter. 
ask questions. And if you people around those people don't have answers, they're going to people be people who have the answers, because that is the biggest thing that <laughs> misinformation and not having information are very dangerous things. Education and knowledge is something that can never be taken away from you, and it can be a tool you can always use to make decisions. So when making decisions politically and voting and doing all of those things to decide who you want to represent you, research, 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 questions, questions, questions. And when these questions are asked, make sure you're getting the answer that you deserve. You understand that there was an actual answer there and not a lot of fluff. You know what I mean? You know, ask the hard questions too. Even if you feel confrontational, then you know you're on the right track because you want to ask the hard questions. You want to make sure you're getting the most out of the time of the people that you want to know about. And if you can actually meet these people, and especially in Hawaii, it is very easy to go to a meet and greet, um, go online and see where there's functions, actually go and meet the people who are wanting to represent the districts, the state, meet these people, make appointments with these people, because we are representing your voice. We need to hear from people. So if there's anything anybody needs to know or learn, these are the people to ask. So we and every one of us should absolutely be available within a reasonable time frame, of course, not like don't call me at 3 a.m., but, <laughs> you know, we should be available for questions. We should be available to make sure when people go to the voter booth, they are they feel confident about who they're voting for. And that's one thing that I, I really stand behind is I'm very transparent. I'll answer any mm -hmm. question you have. If, if I don't have the answer, I'll tell you. And that's what we need in our, our, our state house is people who are willing to answer questions, even if they don't have the answer. Right on. Well, before you go, could you let everybody know how to get in contact with you, how to follow and support your campaign? Absolutely. I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and that is Anna Odom. Oh, no, Vote Odom 2022. And my website is www.voteodom2022.com. So everything is Vote Odom 2022. Awesome. I'll make sure that goes in the show notes so people can find it very easily. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, Mahalo for coming on today. A lot to take in from you. you. And I would hope to be able to call you back in, say, 30 days to check in on your campaign and have yes. some, some deeper uh, conversation with you. And we could talk stories specifically about the needs of your community. That'd be great. Fantastic. Well, you have a wonderful rest of your day. Mahalo again. For you too. On. Thank you. Bye. Aloha. <gasps> Rabbit Holes is a Manava Cow production. This episode was produced by Kadika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.